good morning, good morning, and welcome to our Sabbath School broadcast. We are broadcasting in a joint awesome effort, Daughter of Zion Church, along with Message of Hope in Central Florida. We have come together because God is so good. We have aligned ourselves in this ministry to bring the good news of salvation to all who will receive it. Now, this is the interesting thing. We are now at April 2nd. Wow, the fourth month of this new year that we were given, hardly knew anymore. We've exhausted a whole quarter and we have now moved into a new quarter of study. And I wanted to spend some time seeking the Lord this morning, telling him, thank you for bringing us here. And then we're going to move into our discussion. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much, dear God, for this opportunity to discuss, dear Lord, your word through this lesson study. We're asking, dear God, that you would be with all those who are viewing, all those, dear Lord, who are sharing, all those who are subscribing and liking, dear God. I pray you'll be with all of your children, dear Father. Help us, dear God, to glorify your name this morning. Help us all, dear Lord, to be drawn closer to you and have a greater understanding of the mystery of your love for us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 This is awesome. Now, I want to say this. I want to ask our um, viewers to continue to pray for our Sabbath school superintendent. She did suffer a loss, and so she is traveling um, to go and attend those services. So keep her in prayer, her family in prayer as well, Sister Cerise. And I want to also ask that we continue to pray for our dear sister, Brooke Jones, um, who is in the hospital um, right now and her family. So continue to keep those individuals in prayer, please. And all those who are still um, dealing with other ailments and illnesses. Um, and I also want to just be able to say this morning, um, our dear brother, um, Brother Demesman, I want to say happy Sabbath to you and your beautiful wife. And I want to also say congratulations on the addition to your family, um, our dear Royal Demesman as well. Thank you so much for allowing him to join us for Sabbath school this morning. So God bless you guys. We are going to open up and get into this lesson study. Very interesting study now, right? We are going back to the beginning and I love it, right? Because we are actually exploring this book of Genesis. And in Genesis, we see a lot of things happening. And so this quarter, we're going to be exploring all of the different things that, that were put together in this opening book for us in the Bible. And as the name indicates the beginning, we are looking at this particular past week, the creation, the creation. And so I want to just read our memory text. And it is one of the most difficult texts to remember. I don't know how I'm able to remember these things, but I am. Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? Very difficult text. I know, I know. I spent a lot of time reading it and, and, and just committing it to memory. And so I want to spend some time going through this because in Genesis chapter one, verses one, it just says a whole lot real fast, real quick, just kind of comes out the gate and mm, punches you in the face. So I want to spend some time um, going through that. But before I do that, I want to say welcome to our panelists. We have an awesome group of panelists this morning. And by group, I mean two. We have our dear brother, Akil Walker, joining us from Message of Hope, representing um um, Orlando or the Central Florida area there. And so, Brother Akil, we are so glad to have you with us this morning. We are looking forward to what the Lord has given you to, again, in turn, give to us this morning. And our dear Brother Demir, also a MOH resident in, in spirit, but he has moved on and he is now in this great state of Texas. Everything's what? Larger in Texas, right? 
And so he has a large amount of blessings to bestow by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God upon us today. So we're looking forward to that. I want to ask this question. I want to come out and I want to just ask this question as we go into our lesson study. And I want to say good morning to you, Brother Marcus, as well. Thank you so much for joining us this blessed Sabbath. We look at this scripture in the beginning and we go to Sunday's discussion, right? Sunday's discussion is the God of creation, the God of creation. And so it starts walking us through these different aspects of God and what he looks like in creation. And so I'm going to start with this question. I want to come to you, Akil, um, if you don't mind. What does in the beginning God mean to you? And, and so I know that I'm truncating the verse somewhat and but i just want to talk about you know we talk about these this verse in the beginning god created heavens and the earth but let's just move away for a moment and just talk about god and in the beginning god and i want to see if you can just shed some light on what that means to you share with us please brother akil uh well for me personally it it conjures up a humility for me because uh the the verse says in the beginning it doesn't say in my beginning, in, in Akil's beginning. And it doesn't say in God's beginning because he has no beginning, he has no end. It's talking about in the beginning, in the beginning of, of humanity, in the beginning of creation. And so that that gives me a sense of humility to you know remind me that you know there there has been so much before you, there has been there will be so much after you, and everything that's happening to me currently in my life is just a small blip in history. And there's a God that is bigger than all of my problems, that is bigger than time itself. And so that's what in the beginning means to me. It's it's a it's an encompassing, but not it doesn't encompass God. Amen. I like that. I like that. It's encompassing, but it doesn't encompass God. Awesome, awesome. Um, Demir, I saw you. I think you may have, I don't know if you you had a pleasant look on your face while he was speaking, or you were nodding your head, but I saw some expression, some reaction, and I want to hear from you. Demir, as it relates to what does in the beginning God, what does that mean to you? Help us out some there, um, Demir. Yes, um, yeah, I absolutely, you know, agree with um, with Akil uh, and how you know he's expressing like just the grandeur of everything. Um, it's kind of, I think, it's kind of the same feeling of like you know, you know, just looking at the vastness of like a mountain range and realizing how small a respect you are. It is very humbling. Um, but for me, I, I think that it, it's it's you know it says in the beginning God, right? It kind of answers that elementary gut feeling, that elementary gut question that I think a lot of us, um, you know, a lot of us have. Like for for you know for for eons, right? You know, you know we you know looked up at the stars and wondered, you know, what is our place in all of this? And I think it's interesting that the Bible tackles that question head on. You know, very first lines, very actually very first words, right? In the beginning, God. Like all these questions that you have about origins, all these questions that you have about, you know, you know what what it means, you know, what is the meaning of everything, and what is the meaning of 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 just all that you see around you. Everything that you see around you, it began with God, right? And so, like that's like kind of like the main answer. And for me, I just think that that is. Um, it's great that that is, you know, the first question that's tackled. It's not about sin. It's not about, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, basically any of the other, you know, uh, uh, doctrines. It's like, look, in the beginning, just know that God, God did all of this, like these, um, these, these mountain ranges, the the vastness of the sea, like everything in the beginning was God. And I think for me, that answers a lot. Um, but but also, and, and, and you know, just you know, uh, 
you know, uh, put this in there as well. It also, you know, when you read the entire sentence, it also, it, it conjures up the idea of a narrative, right? So it's not an encyclopedia. It's not like a bunch of stats, like, well, in the, you know, in the beginning there was, you know, 450,000, whatever, and just like listing off a bunch of facts, like an encyclopedia, but rather it's a narrative that paints a picture for you, right? It begins with, um, uh, you know, a, a story that you can kind of follow and understand and see in your mind's eye. And I think it's kind of, you know, inviting you to engage, you know, with the text as well. So I, I really, you know, really appreciate that, um, that aspect of it. So that's, I think that in the beginning, God is just, you know, absolutely pivotal. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. I, I love the idea that God is a lyrical artist, right? And so as a lyrical, a lyrical artist, he begins to paint the narrative by virtue of just using some words. But the words are not just one, two, three, one, two, or one, two. It's literally a God who sits down and, and, and gives you these beautiful, beautiful imagery of his love through scripture. So that's a powerful, powerful thing. Just consider the fact that we read it. Moses heard it. Right. And as Moses heard it, it, it was he was moved by the Holy Spirit to have it documented. And for generations, these accounts were just being handed down by virtue of that um, lyrical artist um, in the form of the Holy Spirit. So that's an awesome, awesome thought. Thank you both very much. I want to go to some of these comments. Um, we have here <coughs> um, Ricky Mart. He says, while some households may have one alpha and one omega, this line speaks to the fact that in the household of existence, God is and was there when all things began as he is. And then he goes on to say later on, he is both. And so um, I think Ricky may be sending some subliminals um, in, 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 those, uh, in that first co um, comment regarding the alpha and the omega in some households. But nonetheless, we get it, man. God is, he was, he is, and he'll continue to be. Thank you so much. We also have a good morning from our sister, Sagithia Kankan. I want to say good morning and blessed Sabbath to you as well. Thank you for joining us. I want to ask you guys, continue to show, share this page, like this page, uh, subscribe, um, share it with those that don't like you, and share it with those who claim they do. Okay, make sure this morning, just get the word out there that Jesus was in the beginning. Now, I want to move on as we continue to talk about this idea of God and creation. And I want to ask this question, what does God's power reveal about his grace? What does God's power reveal about his grace? And now we see that somewhat in the first question. I think you guys really just um, took that, dissected it and took it apart. You know, the idea of in the beginning, God. And so literally you could stop your sermon, right? You could literally start your sermon in the beginning, God, and you're done, right? But he goes on. And so as he goes on, we start seeing the power of God is being revealed. He begins giving examples of his power. And so as that's happening, we also see the grace factor that's being considered. And so I want to find out, um, Akil, if you could walk us through what does God's power reveal about his grace? Well, thinking about the story of creation, it was uh, important to remember that he was, that he, that he spoke, he spoke this all into existence. He said, let there be blank and blank became, became, you know, into existence. And uh, for me personally, I know that whenever this, this speaks a lot to God's grace and his love in general, because when you, I feel like when you, when you, 
when you can just speak something into existence, I feel like you can also just speak it into non-existence. God could have also just been like, okay, you know, let there be, and they started sinning. Okay, let there not be anymore. And so that that speaks bounds to God's grace that He that He's patient with us, that He sent His Son to die for us. Um, there is, you know, that 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 theory of sunken costs, where it's just like, you know, if we've if we've put so much into something, at what point do we just like leave it? leave it and just let it go because it's just like this is this has cost me too much at this point but god is just like i i i spoke i spoke you into existence i love you i breathe my air into you and i'm going to give you as many opportunities as i can give you to come to me and that speaks bounds to his grace and and who his character is and, and the embodiment of love wow Wow, you just hit us with some financial analysis as it relates to how much we are really worth and what God has really done. And I, I, I'm, I'm blown away by the idea that you're right. It talks about bringing us into existence, but there's never a consideration of let you just not be. And and so that's that's a wow. Um, give me some time, Demir. Please help me. I need some time. I'm still digesting some of what. Um, Akil just dropped on us just now. He didn't even wait for the um, main course. He just came right out and just hit us all um, with that with that point of view there. Um, powerful. Sunken costs. Talk to us, um, Demir. So, I mean, absolutely. Again, piggybacking on what Akil is saying, I think it really does highlight, you know, uh, you know, yes, the power is there, but I think it also highlights, like you said, his grace. It highlights those other aspects of his character. Um, as well, the you know the he's like he's so powerful yet loving yet yet long suffering yet you know uh, you know in, you know incredibly patient um, with us like just the environment that you know he put us in right like here's somebody who's speaking worlds into existence and and hanging stars in you know the night sky and yet where does he put us in a garden right where he's put us in you know where there is you know you know fresh vegetation where does he put, like it's the 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 contrast, right? Well, and not even contrast, I'd say it's complementary of, of his power and his grace is something that, you know, we can just continue to study and, you know, appreciate, you know, what real power looks like, right? You know, real power is not necessarily something that's, you know, boastful and 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 just brashful, but rather, you know, it's 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 almost subtle, right? It's it's subtly, you know, you know, expressing itself and, you know, really accentuating the love and accentuating the patience and accentuating, you know, just the 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 just you know the the goodness of God, and I think so. You know, there's a lot that you know for us, you know, to to learn from uh, from that there. And you know, as Akil says, you know, one you know once we were no longer you know in the good category, once we were no longer uh, as you know he had created us, like he had the option to you know just remove us, but rather he's like you know I've invested and I've kept you here and I've I've, I've prepared all this for you, and I'm gonna go ahead and continue to. You know, to, you know, to walk with you and move you forward um, um, in this plan that you know I've, I've I've had from the beginning, and it's a beautiful thing. Amen, amen, man. I just, you know, it's one of those questions that when you we first hear the question, you don't realize how much love is going to be expressed throughout just the discussion and consideration of that question. Um, that's just awesome. I love the idea, and thank you so much for bringing that to the light as well, Demir. The the power is demonstrated in the grace given and it's not because of the overtness or the boastfulness of the power but it's in the love of the power that you can see the true power being wielded and so um just a powerful revelation of god's goodness man 
um, I'm, I'm, I'm awestruck at God's awesomeness. I want to just go to some of our comments this morning. We have um, good morning, family. Love you, fellas, especially big brother, Elder Tracy. Hey, man, we love you, too. Thank you so much for joining us and look forward to continuing to have you be a part of our virtual audience as well. Uh, we also have praise God. Happy Sabbath walking the narrow path, faith and homestead. So we're just going to just welcome you as well. And thank you so much. Bless Sabbath you also and praise the Lord for you. Let's move on, man. Let's let's talk a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I'm just stuck for a moment, but I want to go through. The, the lesson did an awesome job of really breaking down this idea of the God who is transcendent. And it talked about also the God who was just imminent or just, you know, eminent right there with us. And so I want to talk about the, the characteristics of God revealed throughout creation as we're still examining Sunday's discussion. And I want to ask this question. I want you to explain the characteristics expressed, uh, revealed in the expression Yahweh, and then explain the characteristics of God expressed in the expression, revealed in the expression Elohim. And so we see throughout the creation account that there are different words used. The, the, the Hebrew, um, when it talks about in the beginning, God, and as you break that down, it's actually Elohim, or or you find in the creation of um, throughout the creation account, it talks about God creating, but the Hebrew for that Yahweh, and so and obviously we 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 spell Yahweh, we have the vowels there, but it is a consonant um, representation of the um, denoting or the um, recognition of God, and so I wanted to just ask this question, Akil. Can you just help us as we talk about the characteristics of God and how it is revealed through Yahweh and how it is revealed through Elohim? So, so first and foremost, there's there's a lot that can be expressed through a name. Like there's so much power and there's so much uh, that, that can be expressed in a name. And uh, just having these names for God were just, uh, especially in relation to creation, I think it comes back to that earlier point that I was talking about his transcendence, how he was before he was before creation. He was before time. He is like I think uh, the, the comment that was uh, stated earlier by our brother yeah, that he he is he is. And uh, it's it's something that's really hard to like wrap your head around because, you know, it's kind of like when they asked him, you know, Jesus, who he's like, I, I am. I am. And, and it's just like usually for us as as humans in our frame of reference, you know, there's usually something that follows after the I am. I am this. I am an engineer. I am a ball player. I am a, a man. I am this. I am that. But God just says I am. Which is just, you know, it, it's this sense of a, a, a perpetuity or just, you know, it, it, it's, it cannot end. It cannot. It has, there's no beginning. There's no end. And so I think it just brings back that up. Uh, that that grandeur and that that enormity of who God is and what He means to us and and the the level of respect that we should have for Him, but also that He that He He is He has a relationship with me, with me personally, with you, Elder Tracy, with you, Demir, with you know everybody, that He has this personal relationship with us, and so it it just really it's a way for you to frame your relationship towards god to have that you know that fear of him but at the same time to have that respect and love for him because he has love for me 
Amen. Amen. I love that. I love it. I love it. We have to put something after I am. Right. And God doesn't have to do that. Just I am. Um, I love it. Thank you so much for that. Um, just explanation of the characteristics. Demir, do you have anything you'd like to add as it relates to that? Characteristics revealed in the expression Yahweh or the expression Elohim. Um, yeah, I, I, absolutely. So again, piggybacking, uh, like you know, Akil's just like thinking my thoughts before you know before me here. Um, I, I you know the, I think you know you 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 hear you know Elohim and it's you know kind of denotes you know supremacy, right? Because again, I think it's it goes without say that if you can you know speak the world into existence then you know you 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 are you are that guy so um you know the other day we you know we uh you know we went to uh colorado again and and that's the reason really the reason why i keep bringing up mountains because i was just awestruck at these snow-capped mountains and just mountains upon mountains and behind them even more mountains um and it just reminds you that like you know look man god is god is amazing god is incredibly powerful so the 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 name elohim it's it's distance and it's supreme right it just shows how you know grand god is and you know and you're, and you're constantly reminded by that of that you know when you kind of really look at the scale of things right you know look at the you know if you're ever in, in you know study astronomy which is something that i wasn't necessarily you know smart enough to you know pursue that but it was very interesting like when you you know study a light year and you realize how far it is and you realize the vastness of space and the vastness of these distances you almost can't, can't comprehend it and yet god spoke these things into existence and he understood these things way before any of us you know, even had the tools to understand them. So like the, 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 the name Elohim is also, you know, incredibly fitting, but at the same time you have the Yahweh, right? Which is the closeness and the personal uh, 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 aspect of God, right? Like he, he, you know, he wants to have relationship with us, right? So powerful and yet, you know, can be, you know, found in, you know, the human heart, right? You know, he, he wants to, uh, commune with us and it's just you know it's it's absolutely mind-boggling as a matter of fact god lives you know exists in relationship right it's let us you know us a plurality let us make man in our image so it's it's one of those things that you know it's it's very difficult to wrap your mind around um, um just the you know the full nature of god but i think these two really kind of show um kind of really give us a, a a sneak peek right as as much as you know uh, moses was able to capture, you know, the fullness of, of everything. Like he was able to capture like the essence of God, like the, you know, he was able to, you know, to, you know, to write that because obviously he had other things to write as well. But it's like, look, understand that God is supreme, but at the same time, he's also very close and he wants to have a relationship with you. And the idea that the being who created the Rockies and the being who, uh, you know, created the very ground that we're walking on also wants to be close and wants to, you know, to speak to us in the mornings, to speak to us when we're, you know, when we're afraid and to, you know, he wants to, you know, walk with us when, you know, we have some uncertainties. I think that that's an amazing thing that also kind of highlights the character um, um, of God. And I think that this should, you know, with this, this should form the basis of our understanding of God to understand later things in the Bible, right? So yeah, I'll just, I'll just end it there. That That is awesome. You, you, you had me, um, you had me at the idea that just he creates presents himself first as he is i mean just all powerful but then says and i'm your friend 
I am your father. I am the one who spends time with you. Just the idea that he would really reduce, I don't even, just you're willing to fit into my world, but greater than that, you're trying to have me fit into your world. And I think that that's just an awesomeness of God's relational power. But at the same time, he's not reduced in his majesty. And that's just a, it, you, you really can't get, there it is. That's what I was trying to get. That's what I wanted that, yeah, that hand raised. Talk to us, Demir. Right, because I, you know, when you said that, it, it kind of uh, reminded me of like when, you know, Moses' first encounter with God, right? Where he's like, yeah, come and I wanna, I wanna talk to you, but wait, hold up, take your shoes off. Cause just my essence of how holy and pure and powerful I am will just, you know, wipe you away if you're not, you know, if you're not, you know, in, in, in a way sanctified, if you're not, you know, uh, if you don't remove, you know, some of the impurities and some of the, you know, the sin, like go ahead and lay the sin down aside and then come and, and, and get close to me. So there's definitely the 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 desire for for relationship. Right. And it's that it's that come as you are. But obviously you can't stay as you are. Right. You definitely there needs to be some a little bit of reform for us to get closer to God, because he wants to get closer to us more than we want to get closer to him. Right. So it's never like, you know, it's never. You know, I, I think a lot of times we feel that like, you know, God has abandoned us. It's never God that's abandoned us. It's we that's abandoned God, right? It's because God is constantly wanting to, you know, to connect with us and to, you know, and to 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 build that relationship um, with us. You know, I think relationships can be the source of so much joy, but at, you know, the other side of that, you know, relationships, you know, gone wrong can be the source of so much pain. So, you know, wanting to have a right relationship with God is probably the most rewarding thing that any human being can ever aspire to. And I think God wants that um, for us. So without obviously, obviously without negating, you know, the holiness and the, 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 the supremacy of his character and his being, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that, you know, once you start to think about it, it, it it's just, it brings up so many other dimensions and so many other, you know, aspects um, of, the, of, of him to us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for um, jumping in and sharing that, Demir. Um, just awesome, awesome facts. I know it's nothing but the Holy Spirit leading us this morning. I want to go through and just look at some of these comments that were um, were posted here regarding the same matter. Um, Ricky says, I believe it speaks to the three personalities of the Godhead. Again, going back to the name, wherein the Hebrew language pluralizes a God believed by some then to be just one. It's so deep, this. And, and I think that is kind of where we end up. Just we can speak on it, but then it just becomes a place where we just say, you have to say, mm, and, and leave it there. It just becomes overwhelmingly deep. I love this post. It says, this is the earth after Sindamir. Imagine how it looked perfect. And so that idea of looking at the snow-capped Rockies and the idea of traveling. I remember when we took a trip to one of the national parks um, in California and just being there and kind of looking at um, this park and I mean, Yosemite just driving up blows your mind and, you know, and, and then just, you know, driving down blows your mind and doing that right at sunset blows your mind. And even um, our little children at the time, it is kind of like, oh, and so this idea that the God who did all this, right, uh, um, the God who, who does these things. And, and I remember even my wife, when she would run along the beach. She would literally run out there and just keep looking, looking at the vastness of the ocean and the waves just kind of crashing. And, and it would bring tears to her eyes as she considered what God is doing and it's kind of being out there with him. And so I can't imagine what it must have been like as, 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 it, as it came up here in the, perf in the perfection of it all. 
if this is after thousands of years of man having done what they've done to it, and you consider that and hold it up against us and how we have fallen, right? Um, not just in stature, but in the marring of what we are supposed to be, and still we can find love in one another. Just a, just a powerful, powerful revelation of, um, of God's goodness. And so I want to move on. Um, we're still in Sunday, and I just want to ask this question. It came up in, in looking at one of these Psalms. The question is, how does a creation account affect your worship? Ah, and maybe maybe the question should have been written differently. I mean, I know maybe you guys can talk about that. Maybe it should have said, how does a creation account impact your worship? Who knows? But I want to hear from you, Akil. How does a creation account? I mean, you and, and the good thing about it is you just went back through it this week, right? As you're discussing it this morning. And the question becomes, how did it impact your worship this week? And perhaps even now as you're continuing to discuss it. Help us out, please. So I think it just... It, once again, it, it humbles me. It humbles me because this is the God that created everything. This is the God that spoke everything into existence. And like Demir was saying uh, with the Moses story, it, it, we're allowed to approach his presence, which is kind of baffling, you know, because it's there's no way that we should be allowed to be in God's presence, the one who created us, the one who who is able to, you know, he's the most high, the most holy. And that that affects the way that I view worship because now it's not and just like we were speaking earlier it it I can't just be like okay I'm just I'm worshiping a god a god that's somewhere out there and he created all of this and he he's out there no I'm worshiping I'm worshiping the god I'm worshiping my god who created me but also wants a relationship with me also wants a personal connection with me who's also like Demir said is is chasing after me more than I'm trying to chase after him like that, that changes the way that you have to view worship altogether. And it's not just, oh, you know, sing songs, hallelujah. It's, it's how I worship you in every aspect of my life, because you, you know, it's, it's, it's all encompassing, you know, God wants to be all encompassing with our lives. And it's important to just to remember that while we're worshiping, like, this is the God who created everything. Like we, it shouldn't be something that should be taken lightly is essentially what I'm trying to say. Amen. Amen. Uh, completely agree um, with that. Demir, what are your thoughts on this? How does the creation account affect or impact your worship? So I, I think that, the, you know, with the understanding of the creation account, it should definitely, you should inform and direct, you know, how we worship. Right. Um, I think I, I, I think back to, you know, the you know, the song where David says, you know, you know, when I think of, you know, the, the stars and the moon and, you know, the heavens, you know, what is man that thou art mindful of us? Right. You know, what 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 are we that you would you know, you would think about us so much. And like, you know, when you when you go through, you know, the creation, right, you you understand and you see the environment that God put man in the beginning. Right. He put us, you know, because depending you know you know depending you know on on how god felt you know he could have put us out in a desert right he could have put us someplace where that you know it was you know it was going to be difficult for us to struggle but rather he put us in a garden right he put us in a place where there's you know you know multiple rivers that were flowing he put us in a place where there were fruit trees 
right? He put us in a place where, you know, there were animals, just I'm sure an explosion of colors and brightness and, and, and it, it's an environment for us to succeed. And I think that speaks to his character, right? It's kind of like when somebody's having a baby or something like that and you prepare their room, you don't put them in like a blank, you know, uh, dry, uh, uh, you know, a, a blank, you know, room. Like you prepare the room with, uh, um, a crib and like, you know, you paint the walls and you've got, you got a whole nursery prepared for them. Like, I think that, you know, Eden, right. The garden of pleasure, this was the, the, this was, this was the environment that God put us in and understanding that again, this is the God that we're worshiping, right. This is the God who cares for us. This is a God who, you know, creates us and, you know, who's sustaining us and taking care of us. So when we're worshiping, you know, that person, that, that being, um, it, it really should, you know, humble us and remind us that, you know, we have the ear of, you know, not just anybody, right? We have the ear of, you know, the, the, the person that spoke us into it, that spoke the world into existence and created us, right? Because I, I don't know, we haven't gotten to it yet, but the fact that, you know, God, you know, went down and physically, you know, created, you know, uh, 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 you know our, our first parents is, is, is something that is absolutely special that I'm sure we're going to get to or, or we'll eventually get to, but um, it, our worship has to be different, right? When you when you really consider and you really uh, understand the implications of you know of of, of this God, you know our, our worship definitely you know can't stay the same. We have to you know we have to be unrestrained. We have to be you know absolutely genuine, um, especially with God, because at the end of the day, He already knows anyways. So um, you know just just understanding again, it brings me back to what is man that thou art mindful of us. Um, I, I think that just perfectly encapsulates everything that I feel right now. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Demir. You know, one of the things that you really think about as you kind of going through that, um, you and Akil, is the idea that we have this God who prepared creation, right? He prepared all of these things. And you brought up a point. He didn't just allow man to come into this void, black uh, emptiness of, of space but he actually brought out colors and he painted it. He, he, he spoke it. He, he, he brought it out. He, he used his creative juices in order to have man inhabit something beautiful. And I think that we ought to do the same with our worship. We ought to create a space that is vibrant, that is inviting, that, that is beautiful, where God can dwell and, and, and find joy in our, in our worship. The idea of worship is not about you. It's about creating a space where God can come and dwell. And that's what he was seeking after, right? Let them build me a sanctuary that I may what? Dwell among them. But the idea truly was what? Dwell within them. So let's create that space in our lives. And so, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting emotional already. We haven't, are we out of Sunday yet? Okay, we, okay I think we went into, um, we're at the end of Sunday. So I, I can, I, I have to hold back the, um, the emotion I'm feeling now, but this is powerful stuff that looking at what God did, it's a blueprint for what we ought to do, right? And so if we can start tracking God's work in our lives, maybe we can start figuring out how we ought to render and give him what is due him, that true, true worship. Someone says something I want to say um, here in our comments. I was make sure we um, speak to it. Uh, Charmaine Porter says he provided everything we need. And I can if I can push your comment a little bit, um, Charmaine Porter, and I'll say and everything we could ever have wanted. 
right? And and the idea that he would do that before you even knew you needed food, he made food. Like it's just it, that type of a awesomeness before you even knew you needed a running stream or a river. He put that there for that that nice tranquil sound in the background, something to keep you nice and calm. Um, and you know something like a chamomile at night. Anyway, I, I digress. Let's let's move through. Let's move through. I want to talk a little bit about this idea um, in Monday's lesson. Now, here's what I want to ask, because I, initially I was going to ask um, this question about the refrain, but I'm going to actually move and slide into a, another question. We'll come back because what you just talked about with respect to creation, I want to ask this question. Monday, we talk about the creation. So we deal with creation as, as a whole. We've dealt with on Sunday, the God of creation. And now on Monday, we're dealing with the creation, right? And I want to talk about this, the, the fallacy or, or the attempt to distort who God is or remove who God is. And I want to ask this question, what impact does evolution attempt to have on your self-worth? I want to deal with that and as best we can unpack that and I'm going to ask you, Akil, if you can help us with that particular question, and then we'll come back to um, an earlier question that we have as well. Well, I think it if there's one thing that evolution tries to do, it tries to take out the it tries to take out this this intelligent design that that we believe in, that the, it, it makes us feel like all this is just random. Like there's no there's no purpose behind all this stuff. You know, flowers just look beautiful just because like there's no there's no reason why the mountains, you know, look the way that they do. We're just here as some sort of accident. And that is I feel like that's when you when you internalize that belief, it takes away the sense of purpose that you have as an individual. And it it makes it it, it affects everything that you have, because I know that that's one of the, the, the things that the devil tries to do. He tries to take away your purpose and make you feel like it's all pointless and, and try to instill aimlessness in you so that, you know, now it's just like, I, yeah, okay, why does it matter if I eat this or if I drink this or if I participate in this? Like, there's no, there's no point to life. We're just living. We're just, you know, random DNA that just got strung together and I'm here. And I feel like that is that that devalues you and brings your self-worth down but when you know i have an intelligent creator i have a, a god who who took time to create me like he knows every single you know hair on my head he chose the the color of my eyes he knows you know exactly how tall i was gonna be he knows you know everything like that that makes you believe like hey I, I should first and foremost, I should treat my 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 fellow my fellow man, my fellow woman with respect because they are a child of God. They are created in His image, and also I need to have respect for myself, and I need to have respect for for God because you know He He took the time to create me, and I am I am built and and made for a specific purpose, and I need to live out that purpose to bring glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much. Uh, Akil, Demir, can you just give us some insight on this as well? The impact that evolution attempts to have on our self-worth. Again, reducing, diminishing, removing the account, as we know, of a creation uh, as outlined here in Genesis. Yeah, so um, this, is, um, this is one of those questions that is just, you know, 
uh, it's like how long do we have um so I'll, I'll definitely try to keep it you know keep it short um it's really just you know it's, it removes our inherent value right it removes our you know our our, our self-worth right it robs us of our you know our royal bloodline right so it's like you know instead of a dignified descent from you know the creator um you know it, it's it's trying to say hey this is really just you know you know we're coming from directionless forces that were shaped by violence and happenstance um you know so so the 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 one of the one of the things that you know the the evolutionary um you know mind you know said preaches or you know uh you know holds is that you know hey you know we're coming from nothing and that it was all it's all basically it's all meaningless right it all just happened you know by accident and you know we've all just kind of you know come from you know essentially you know nothing um whereas you know when you understand that you know you have a loving creator you have you know someone who is you know you you have to be accountable for you that your actions are not just you know just nothingness right just nothingness that's driven by you know forces and that's driven by you know self-interest and work and 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 you know uh, it, that's driven by self-interest then you you understand that you know it, it does matter that i i volunteer it does matter that i carry myself and i hold myself to a certain standard because i have a god who loves me i have a god who who cares um, um about you know who cares about me so one of the things that the thing about a good lie is that it has to have some truth in it right so i, I think as you know, somebody commented before that this is the earth after sin right the 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 idea of competition and a struggle for resources you know that evolution is essentially describing the earth after sin it's not describing the earth as it was before or how it was intended to be right so a good lie has to have some truth in it so matter of fact there there is limited resources we are you know struggling for uh uh, uh you know for space um you know an ever smaller you know uh, amount of space so there is competition there is a level of, of of selfishness right to attain and get as much you know resources for your children as and and your 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 tribe so to speak um, um, um so so that that is definitely there but that's not the way it always was and that's not the way it was intended and i think that's why jesus and 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 and, and was so radical right because instead of saying you know love your, your instead of saying love the people who look like you and love your tribe he was saying love your enemies love the people who are competing for the same you know rice that you're trying to eat you know love the people who are competing with you for you know for jobs you know love the people who you know despitefully use you oof that's that, that's one of the hardest ones like you know so so the the you know he, he was basically turning the evolutionary mindset on its head like instead of us competing for each other you know competing against each other let's let's let love be the guiding principle all right let's 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 instead of assuming that everybody is a competitor everybody is an adversary like what if everybody were friends what if more so what if everybody was my neighbor what if everybody was my family you know what what would the world look like if we espouse those you know principles and not you know the evolutionary mindset that essentially pits us all against each other um so so there's 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 just so much that you know to do to to deal with this question um it was one of those questions that was almost it, it was really foundational right because i was once a once upon a time a biology major and you had to take evolutionary biology and you you know you had to take the micro and the macro uh, understanding of things and it it it's you know there's a lot to unpack here but all that to say that you it, it tries to rob you of your self-esteem but when you understand you know where 
your self-esteem comes from, right? That it comes from God and it comes from being made in his image, right? Let us make man in our image. Um, I think you can de you can definitely take heart and take courage in understanding that, look, this is the God who created you and that you are so, so much more than um, your present circumstance. You're so, so much more than even honestly, the highest thing that you can physically attain, you're more than that, you're more than that as well. So I, I think that if, if we were to encapsulate the Christ model of things, um, the world and us personally would be happier and in a, in a better place. Amen, amen. I, I, I truly appreciate that insight. And I, and I love how you really did speak to the fact that you cause sin to enter into the world and then you wanna make it seem as though this was what was intended. And so that's a very, that's a very beautiful point that you raise. And I, so out of that, actually, I want to go now and I tell you, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what it's, what it's doing and, and we ought to just yield, right? I want to go to this next question and I'm, I'm going to give you guys a moment to just ponder this question. I might go to some comments, but I want to deal with explain the repeated phrase. It was good. You just spoke about it. You just said it was a created as a perfect world. We saw a comment come in earlier from DOZ and so explaining the idea that we have a self-worth that we didn't just happen by happenstance you know get here that there is something about the name we bear right remember you were children leaving the house you know you remember who you are remember your name right and so but greater than that remembering remembering who your creator is and so this idea of it was good and the the repeated aspects of it i want to come to that but before i do i want to go to some of these comments right and I, I like what um, Charmaine Porter says. She says they use evolution as an excuse to modify God's creation. And I'll go one step further because I love I think something about what Charmaine Porter says, it kind of pushes me. I'm going to just go back and, and say they use evolution as an excuse to modify God. And, and so the idea is if I can just try to move him and, 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 and recreate God, then the idea of this lie can be perpetuated. So. Um, I'm going to just go up here. We had some more. Um, I want to say it tries to undermine God's almighty power. And, and surely it does. Um, comment that came in earlier. Um, we have our dear brother, um, Shane DeMesman, saying, yes, sir, amen, to something that was said earlier. We have our sister Cole. Um, good morning and happy Sabbath. God bless you and happy Sabbath to you as well, sister Cole. Um, and then here we have um, Ricky Marks says, honestly, nothing. I'm securing my beliefs. Evolution may be a theory, but my heart tells me that it was all ordered by God at such an accelerated rate that it seems to have taken longer time. Um, and so it's awesome when you consider the power of God being able to use his words to speak some stuff that these um, evolutionists say took billions of years to happen, right? Um, it, it's almost as though they are trying to obviously diminish what God can do in a few hours on a cross. Let me stop um, because you just can't comprehend the power of God. So I want to move. I want to move the um, I want to move the discussion and I want to talk a little bit about this idea of it was good. So one of the things that I've that, I, that I'm looking at throughout this account through Genesis, it, it it talks about the day, the evening and the morning. And then he goes on to say, what God did, and it was good. And I want to hear from you, Akil. What does that repeated phrase explain? That repeated phrase over and over again in this account. It was good. Um, if you would please. 
Well, first of all, if uh, if it's repeated in the Bible, it's important and it's something that should be paid attention to. Um, I think it speaks to God, to God being good in and of himself, that he could create these good things repeatedly. And I think it's 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 kind of tough now because especially, you know, there's always some new study or some new report or something coming out that's telling you about how catastrophic the environment is or, you know, how bad health stuff is and and all this different stuff. And I think it just reminds you that, you know, this is not how it was meant to be. This is not how it was. It it was good. And it's it's funny because you you when you're reading the Bible, you have to understand that, you know, this is somebody who is uh who's telling the story, but they're telling, you know, they're talking about the beginning from them not being there. You know, they're saying I, I wasn't there because if, if they were there, they would have said it is good. And that it, it was good. It, they would be like, it is good. But, you know, sin came in and now everything was good. God created everything and it was good. And I think it just, it, it's a reminder to, to us that, you know, that God creates perfectness, God creates perfect things, and that through sin, all these things have been, you know, destroyed and have been uh, uh, have been uh, mutated and and all these different things. But God creates good things, and that that helps, you know, bringing back to that that worship. Like if God gives it to me, it's good because God is good, and He doesn't, you know, give bad gifts. God is a good God, and just reminding me of, you know, everything that we see around us, even the beautiful things like Demir was talking about, you know, the mountains, all these different stuff that that we do see that is good. Like it was it was it was perfection when God finished it. It was it was good. And I think it's always important to remember that and and remember that in relation to how God is. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for breaking down the perspective of when the account was documented. And what it's referring to, the idea that it was good, and unfortunately, it was marred as well. Demir, you want to jump on this? We have a few couple minutes left, and I want to get to one more, if possible, question. I'm going to ask Demir if you want to just um, expound on this a little bit for us. Yeah. So the other day, I was watching, a, you know, a documentary about plastic, and that is the scariest thing um, right now. Honestly, I mean, obviously, you know, we've completely destroyed this environment. We really failed on the whole stewardship aspect of things and it, it just talks about how plastic is in everything it's in my blood it's in your blood it's in the fish we eat it's in the rice we eat it's in all the packaging like there's so much plastic and i think um what is it 2022 by 2030 there's gonna be more plastic in the sea than there are fish in the sea right in terms of like the weight there's gonna be more plastic in the sea than there is fish in the sea like think about that for you know a minute there and just understand how much plastic and how you know basically ubiquitous this thing is and it's just like it wasn't like this right basically like like akil says it, it wasn't like this and it wasn't meant to be like this right and it's just saying that like look you know it was good you know the the everything you know was good everything was was the way it was supposed to be and the way it is right now does not is not indicative of the way it was the fact that it can handle all of this i think it shows how good things started off with because in order for us to do as much damage and to pump as much you know stuff into the atmosphere as we're doing right now it had to have start from you know really high for us to still be able to sink and continue to sink um, in terms of the degradation of our of our planet so 
I think that it just shows that, you know, you know, I, I think God saw from the, the from the beginning, you know, he saw the end and he saw the questions that was going to be uh, taught and the questions that were going to be raised. And he kind of like, you know, you know, you know, answered those questions before they were asked. Right. He's answering the question of like, you know, why is there so much? No, 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 understand that it was good. Why is there so much, you know, violence? And you know, it was good before this, you know, but before this and we can get back and we will get back to that uh, to that state. I love that, Demir. And it's awesome hope that you've just provided for us this morning on this Sabbath school panel, because the idea is that God made it so good that even when it went sideways, even when sin came in and disrupted it for all these thousands of years and whatever the projections are on the plastic impacts on the sea and the oceans and, and the waterways and beyond even just plastic, but everything else is going on. God sustained it and made it so that we would still be sustainable. And so it gets me to my last question. I'm going to let you guys um, leave after this. And, and the idea is because we only have about maybe one minute. I want to ask this question. What is the significance of God creating humans in his image and in his likeness? Because the idea is what? It was good. It was perfect. It was very good. And throughout all the ages, throughout all the years, what has God allowed us to do? Still be here, right? Still be here and still have an opportunity. And so because God was able to do that with creation, creation mirrors what? His creation of, of nature create, uh, mirrors the creation of man, if you will, that shows something about God. Um, I want to ask you, Akil, if you can help us here, the significance of God creating humans in his image and his likeness. I'm going to give you 30 seconds each and we'll wrap up, please. It was uh, to a point that Demir had said earlier that we are divine heirs and that, you know, he created us in his image and his likeness. So it, it, it affects how we need to act in certain ways. We need to act, you know, more like God, more Christ-like and, and try to love uh, our fellow neighbors as well as we love ourselves. And it, it just, yeah, this, uh, we're, we're divine heirs and we need to, we need to believe it and, and let it, let that belief uh, uh, influence our actions. Amen. Amen. Demir, you're on spot. Talk to us. Um, I think it's because it it, uh, it just says that we're special, right? We're special from day one, right? If the world is not fair, it's because it's not fair because it's tilted in your favor, right? It's it's tilted in your favor as long as you're walking with God, and I think that's just you know one of the you know that's the significance. You know, no, nothing else is in the image of God. Only we are, not the angels, not the not not anything, not the animals, nothing. Only we are. So it it, it makes us special from day one. Amen. Amen. I love it. The world, if anything, is tilted in your favor. Woo! You have what? Favor with God, right? As long as you're walking with God, you are actually walking in that favor. Look at this comment. Being made in his image and likeness gives us a sense of our identity. Too many people let other people and things define them. And so I think that is key. We have to recognize that we were made in his image and in his likeness, and we didn't have time to get through it, but it talks about the physical aspects of the creation of man and the spiritual aspects of the creation of man. Continue to study your lesson, please. There's some good stuff in it. Um, this past week, uh, we didn't get a chance to unpack it or discuss it all. We did get caught up in God and all, and all of his majesty and all of his beauty and all of his just awesomeness this morning. I am full. Um, cup is running over. I'm looking for a salsa right now. I got to catch some of this. So that being said, we're going to wrap up our broadcast. I want to thank our panelists. Thank you, Akil, so much for your insight and allowing the Holy Spirit to walk you through day by day what God has done. And although we didn't get through all the days, 
the Holy Spirit brought us where he would desire us to be. And so I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Akil, for allowing God to use you. Demir, thank you so much for getting up a little earlier for us this morning out there. And we appreciate your contributions. We definitely know that the Holy Spirit has a plan for you in your life and he's continuing to use you. And I ask that you both allow God to continue to fulfill the purpose that he has in your life. Something has dropped right here. And so uh, our dear sister Gertman, um, sister Gertman says, please explain the difference between evolution and creation. And we're going to have to discuss that, but I'm, I'm out of time and I'll probably get hit over the head from our 11 o'clock worship services coming right now from both DOZ and MOH. But what we will do is I'm going to ask that we reserve this question. I will do it, Sister Gertman, for our afternoon. We're going to start having a, a breakdown and some of these lessons um, discussions. We're going to start going a little deeper in the afternoon. Um, our Sabbath school superintendent has already put that on the um, schedule for this quarter. So that will be happening and we'll have, get an opportunity to kind of go through that a little bit more. The, the idea of evolution is that things themselves began to expound and, and begin to develop into something else rather than the creation account that says God says, I, the creator, I who possess the power and bringing something out of nothing. And that that is the, the awesome thing is that we have God who is the power rather than saying the power is in the things. But we'll again, we'll we'll break that down, spend some more time um, in a um, further discussion. Again, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Please subscribe. Please share. Please continue to um, just engage with us. This is awesome. Thank you so much for your time. We're going to have prayer now, and we're going to close out. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity we've had this morning to explore you through your scripture, dear God, and through this lesson study. We thank you, dear Father, as we've now opened up this lesson this quarter on Genesis, dear God. We're starting to see the beginning of things, and we're asking you, dear Lord, to give us a deeper understanding of your love, and dear Lord, we get deeper in our love with you. Father, I ask that you'll be with all those who have participated. Thank you so much, dear Lord, all those who have watched, dear Lord, all those who are subscribing, all those who are sharing. Father, bless their hands, bless their lives. Dear Lord, bless all those they come in contact with, I beg you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Please come back. Join us again. Same time, same channel. Most importantly, what? Same God.